Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. Each time we teach, the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., we'll be teaching on principles of the overcoming life. All of us need to overcome. The promises of God are not to those that are overcome, but to the overcomer. And so we hope you'll be listening in the first and second, I'm I'm sorry, the first and third Tuesdays of each month. Um, Abiding Life Ministries was founded in 1978, and we've been in deliverance and inner healing for 34 years. And so um, at the end of the program, as when I get through teaching, we'll be uh, opening up if anyone wants to call in for prayer. The number is 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1. But if you need special prayer, we'll pray for you at the end of the program. Um, you can go into jerrymcgee.com, and there's lots of free articles you can read. There's also free CDs you can listen to with deliverance prayers. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, once a month we do a deliverance and a healing meeting in the Dallas-Fort Worth area at 10 o'clock. And if you'll go into my website, jerrymcgee.com, and sign up for, the, for my email list, then I'll send out a flyer to remind you of the meetings and give you directions. You can also email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net, or you can go into jerrymcgee.com, and you can email me from there. And Jerry McGee is G, like George, E-R-I-M-C, capital G-H-E-E, at sbcglobal.net. If you're wanting to schedule a meeting in your area, you can contact me by emailing me or you can call me at 903-26-2664. And so uh, let's pray before we start. Lord, in the name of Jesus, come before you. We thank you that you're the teacher. Lord, we thank you that signs and wonders accompany the teaching of your word. We thank you that you... Watch over your word to perform it. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the word of God, and we thank you that you said at the entrance of your word gives life. And, Lord, we need the truth that sets us free. I pray for every person who's listening in, Lord, who's burdened, who's worried, who's fearful, who's wondering what in the world's happening to them. I pray, God, in Jesus' name, that you will change the lives of each person who hears this message. And, Lord, we thank you that you're the life changer, you're our healer, our deliverer, our king, our God. And, Father, we just commit our lives to you. We present our bodies to you, Lord, as a living sacrifice. Father, we offer up to you our members as instruments of righteousness. Father, I pray today that I'll be a tree of life, that rivers of living water will come forth. Father, that 
you said the teaching of the wise is a, is a, tr- a tree of life. And so, Lord, I pray that life will be worked in the lives of each person who's listening in. Thank you that we've been raised to sit with you in heavenly places, Lord, far above principalities and powers. We take our seat in the heavenly places. We take the authority that you've given us over the, over the devil and his demons, and we bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. We bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth. We forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth are in the heavenly places to work divination against Dorothy Carruthers, her family, against this program, against me, my family, those who are listening in. We break your power over every life. We command you to let every person who's listening in go. In Jesus' name, we break the power of every lying spirit. In Jesus' name, we bind every spirit that would not confess Jesus Christ as Lord. We bind and break every word of death, every word of iniquity, every curse, assignment, satanic ritual, witchcraft curses spoken over this over this uh, program, over anyone who's listening in, over Dorothy Carruthers' uh, blog talk radio, Lord, over Abiding Life Ministries, over anything that concerns us. We cancel every curse and assignment in the name, power, blood, and by the authority of Jesus. The message that I feel led to share tonight is the message entitled, The Law of Sowing and Reaping. And whether we want to believe it or not, there are spiritual laws that govern the universe. There's the law of gravity. You might not believe in it, but jump off a building and see if you don't hit the ground. Um, There's the law of aerodynamics, like when a plane um, is trying to take off, it sounds like every screw in the plane is fixed to fly out. But the law of gravity is holding that plane down, but when it reaches a certain level, Another law pulls it upward, which is the law of aerodynamics. There's a law of physics that if you can determine the size and weight of a ball and the distance toward a ball, you can determine with what momentum that ball will come back to you. And so whatever we do, think, act, say, whatever uh, negative things that have happened in our life, if we've not taken them to the cross, we'll be reaping what we've sown without exception. And no one is immune to this because God is not a respecter of persons. So every negative thought, every word, every deed, every action um, has to be dealt with at some point in our life if we're to, um, if we are to um, work out our salvation with fear and trembling. If we're to be overcomers in Christ Jesus, then we have to deal with all of this stuff. And thank God He doesn't show us everything at once because we couldn't take it. And so, but many people think that because Jesus Christ died for us on the cross and shed his precious blood, and praise praise God he did, but many people think because of what Jesus did, we don't have to deal with the things that have happened in our lives, but that's not true. That's a lie of the enemy to keep us bound, and uh, Jesus Christ at Calvary made a way for us to be redeemed from every lawless deed. It says in, in Titus that He redeemed us from every lawless, that he died on the cross to redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself a people in accordance with his own desire. And so as God works things out of us through the sanctification process, then he redeems us from every lawless deed. And that's what uh, living an overcoming life means, that we overcome the obstacles in our lives. Um, It's called sanctification, and it takes a lifetime. How many of you know that when you get saved or born again, you're not perfect? That's just the beginning. And then the Bible says that we change from glory to glory to strength to strength as we deal with the issues of our hearts. Um, Philippians 2 tells us to work at our salvation with fear and trembling, and that means deliverance from the molestation of the enemy. And there's every place that we have an issue of our heart that's not dealt with, the enemy has gotten ground in that in that place of our life. And so that's called in deliverance, it's called a doorway. Or, you know, I like to I like to illustrate it this way that you know, the Bible says we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. In first Corinthians three nine it says we're a building, we're a house and we're a field. And so I like to uh, to liken it to a house with all the windows open with no screens, with things fly into that house. And so uh, thank God he doesn't show us all the open places at once, but 
God uses the problems in our life to show us what uh, he wants to deal with next uh, in the sanctification process. And, of course, when he died at Calvary, positionally we were sanctified. There was a finished work at Calvary, but then he tells us to work it out, and the way we work it out is when a problem comes up, we say, okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me through this problem? You align yourself with whatever the Lord tells you, confess your sins, repent, and then um, take accountability for any sins you've committed and forgive anyone who's uh, sinned against you or whatever the Lord shows you. And as you do that, um, you'll experience victory in those particular areas. Now, if you don't do it, if you don't take accountability for what happened and you don't let God discipline you, Hebrews says that you're illegitimate, you're a bastard if you don't let God uh, discipline you. Uh, The Bible says he disciplines every son whom he loves. And so if we don't receive his discipline by taking things to the cross, the Bible says that we don't even belong to him, that we're illegitimate children. He goes on to say, for all discipline for the moment seems painful rather than pleasant, but afterwards it it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. And God, when he disciplines us, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that he's, he's not angry at us unless we're just willfully rebellious. But if you really have a heart for God, you're just really wanting God to change you. You're wanting the Lord to, to deliver you and heal you in whatever area that's displeasing him. And so, um, but the discipline is for our godliness that we might share his holiness because the scripture says without holiness, no man will see the Lord. And so as we have a problem and we take it to the Lord, he shows us what we need to repent of and it, it's to correct mistakes. He disciplines us to correct mistakes, to realign us with the word of God. Now, if you're willfully rebellious, you could be getting a spanking or you will get a spanking for sure. And so, but, and if you refuse his discipline, the Bible says you don't belong to him. If you don't, if you don't take accountability for the things that come up in your life or uh, solve your problems, you know, uh, God is a, a problem solver. He has the answer to everything. If I don't go to God with my problems, it just keeps on reaping. You know, like the children of Israel had to keep going around the mountain, but the law of sowing and reaping will continue reaping negative, negative things in our lives. It'll reap through our children, through our grandchildren. It'll reap through our jobs, our bosses, our businesses, our occupations, through our sons, through our daughter-in-laws, through our sons-in-laws, through our mates, through relationships. But it's going to reap somewhere. You're going to reap the same thing that you sow more than you sow and later than you sow. That is the law of sowing and reaping. And whatever you plant, if you plant corn, you're going to get you're going to get a stalk of corn with bunches of ears of corn with hundreds of kernels of corn. So you get more than you, more than you plant, the same thing you plant, and later than you plant. And that's in the negative or in the positive. If you sow positive things, then you're reaping in accordance to kindness. If you uh, sow negative things, then you're going to reap the negative. More later in the same thing. Jesus tells us to treat others the way we want to be treated. And that was not only a... a Um, commandment that he gave us to treat others the way we want to be treated but he was saying however you treat others is how you will be treated a lot of times when things come up in our life it's just mirroring what we've done or showing us how we've treated someone else Um, in Deuteronomy 20 uh, verse 5 verse 6 I'm sorry chapter 5 verse 16 it says honor your father and mother that all may be well with you and your days be long upon the earth so that's a commandment with a promise Uh, Wherever your life is not going well, you can trace it back to the violation of breaking that commandment of not honoring your mother and father. You know, if you honor your mother and father, all will be well with you. And when you don't, in the areas where you don't honor your mother and father, life won't go well. And honor doesn't mean that you have to keep them on a pedestal, but it means that you forgive them by sundown for their poor stewardship of you or wherever they violate the word of God. When a parent violates the word of God in training us up, then we automatically have an issue of anger because the Bible says fathers provoke not your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline instruction of the Lord. So if we're not brought up in the discipline instruction of the Lord, we are provoked to anger. Whether we feel it or not, it's going to reap out somewhere as a button pusher. 
And if you've not listened to the message on button pushers, you can uh, go on to YouTube and listen to that message. Uh, just go into Jerry McGee and you can find the message on button pushers. But wherever we don't turn to God, we automatically have a button pusher. And so God uses our problems. He uses the button pushers in our life to point us to areas where we haven't resolved childhood issues. And so um, the way we stop the reaping is to take accountability for the sin. And then that cancels the reaping. Then when we take accountability for the sins we've committed or we forgive those that have committed sins against us, then what happens is God changes the negative reaping to positive reaping. Uh, In the parable of the sower, the Bible says that Jesus said that the sower went out to sow, and of course he sowed the word of God. And then he goes on to say that the word of God is a seed. And if the word of God is seed, words are seed. And so it says the sower goes out to sow, and he sows some seed beside the road, which represents, he goes on and explains it, explains uh, in that parable, that the seed sown beside the road is the seed that the devil takes and snatches away. And that's a picture of a person that hears the word and says, I don't even believe that, you know, just chunks it. And the second type of soil, and you you who are listening, you're one of these four types of soil. Uh, the first type of soil just discounts it, uh, you know, I don't believe that. It just chunks it. The second soil is a picture of a person who receives the word with joy. And it says that when persecution of the word comes, he falls away. And that's a picture of that, you know, of course I want to receive the word. I want to be saved. But the minute he realizes he has to die to his flesh, because uh, Jesus said, if any man would come after me, he has to deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Jesus said, and so if a person is not willing to die to their flesh, uh, the word persecutes them, it says, and then because of persecution of the word, they don't want to forgive, they don't want to repent. The scripture says they fall away and they produce no fruit. And then the, the other type of soil is the one that's sown among thorns, and it says that the worries and cares and pleasures and desire for other things the busyness of life chokes out the word and it doesn't produce fruit at all. So the first, second, and Third soil produces no fruit, but the fourth soil, it says, is received in good soil. It produces fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold, and that's what God wants each of us to be, is a 100-fold Christian that produces 30, 60, and 100-fold. But God tells us we have to watch over our heart. In Proverbs 4.23, he says, watch over your heart with all diligence, or diligence, for from it flow the issues of life. And so our heart is, our, is a spiritual garden, is the spiritual garden of our life. It's the field. It's the soil. It's the place where things are sown into our heart or into our spiritual garden. Um, it says, you know, that it says that we're to watch over our heart. We're to guard our heart. We're to protect what comes into the heart, protect what's planted. Hosea says that we're to sow with a view to righteousness. Not so with a view to destruction, but so with a view to righteousness. And failure to guard our heart, uh, we could end up like this man in Proverbs uh, 24, where it says, uh, Proverbs 24, verse 31, it says, I passed by the field or the garden of a man lacking sense, and behold, it was completely overgone with, with thistles. Its surface was covered with nettles, and its wall was broken down. Now, so you can you can picture a, a garden. This is a garden of someone lacking sense. It's overgrown with the wrong kind of things. Thorns and thistles is not good fruit. And um, it says it's it's its stone wall is broken down. So you picture a garden. Uh, with you know, I live out in the country, and if you have a garden, the deer will eat your garden. So you so you can imagine if you didn't have a wall around the garden, then the rabbits would eat your your lettuce, and they would eat the fruit. And so the, the wall would keep out critters from destroying the garden. It says, when I saw, it's going on explaining about this man. When I saw, I reflected upon it, and I received an instruction. In other words, I learned from this. It says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then your poverty will become as a robber and your want like an armed man. 
And so that's a picture of a person that doesn't watch over his heart and doesn't protect his heart from the wrong things entering the heart. You know, if somebody hurts you and you don't forgive them, you let the sun go down on it, you've automatically gone into a prison, put them in a prison, and you didn't watch over your heart. See, God wants seeds of unforgiveness and bitterness and hatred and anger and meanness and all these things to be uh, pulled out, uprooted, and plucked out of our heart through repentance. In Luke 13, 6, Jesus began to tell this parable. A man had a, a fig tree. And he had planted it in his vineyard, and it came and he came looking for fruit on it and didn't find any. And he said to the vineyard keeper, Behold, for three years I've come to look for fruit on this fig tree and not finding any, cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? And he answered and said to him, Let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, cut it down. And so that's a picture of a Christian that is fruitless. If we don't produce fruit, God cuts us off. It says in John 15, we're thrown in a fire and we're burned. And it says that it's only as we abide in Christ that we can produce good fruit. And abide means to obey. It means to stay under God's authority. Um, I like to use an illustration of a potter's wheel. Stay on the potter's wheel because God's the potter and you're the clay. And all the clay does is yield to the potter. The potter does the rest. He fires the clay. He fashions the clay. He takes the junk out of the clay. He molds it. He makes it. He fires it. He fashions it uh, to be a vessel of honor for him. Uh, Many of you who are listening have been trying to fix yourself by turning the potter's wheel. And that's rebellion, even though you thought you had to do that. God only expects you to yield to him, and he does the rest. Keep on yielding. You fall off the potter's wheel, get back on. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says you're a building, your house, you're a field. In Isaiah 5, verse 1, it says, Let me sing now for my well-beloved a song of my beloved concerning his vineyard. That's a picture of the Lord and us. We're his vineyard. It says, My well-beloved, us, had a vineyard or the Lord had a vineyard on a on a fertile hill, and he dug all around it. And we just read this in Luke. He dug all around it, removed its stones, and planted it with the choicest vine, and he built a, a tower in the middle of it, and also a wine vat was was put in it. Then he expected it to produce good, free, good grapes, but it only produ- produced worthless ones. It says, and now, oh, Inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, O church member, O believer, judge between me and my vineyard. What have I? What more have I done for my vineyard than I have done for it? In other words, he suffered and died for us. It says in Second Peter that he gave us everything pertaining to life and godliness, everything we need to live the Christian life. And he said, what more was it to do, do with it than I've done already? Why then, when I expected it to produce good grapes, it produced only worthless ones? So now let me tell you what I'm going to do my, to my vineyard. I'm going to remove its hedge, and it'll be, um, and it will be, um, and I'm going to command the the rain to rain no rain on it, and it'll become trampled ground, and and I will lay it waste. It will not be pruned or hoed. But thorns and thistles will come up, and I'll charge no rain to rain on it. There's no Holy Spirit. It says in Acts, he gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. It says, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his delightful plant. He looked for justice, and behold, bloodshed. Looked for righteousness, but behold, a cry of distress. And you know, that distress can be translated today as stress. People that are believers in the Lord Jesus are living in a state of distress or stress. Many people go to the doctor and the doctor says, I can't find anything wrong with you. It's just stress related. Well, it's that cry of distress because we've been fruitless and there is a cry of distress on our lives. In John 15, verse 1, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear good fruit, he takes it away and every branch that bears fruit He prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Now, we just read in Isaiah 5 that that particular vineyard didn't get pruned or hoed. And so God says if you produce fruit, he's going to prune you and he's going to hoe you. Um, 
and if you don't produce fruit, it goes on to say, abide in me. It goes on to say that he'll he'll be uh, gathered up and burned. But let's go on and read John fifteen four. It says, abide in me, which means obey me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself as unless it abides in the vine. And and a picture of abiding in the vine would be the clay, you the clay on the potter's wheel, resting on the on the potter's wheel and the potter doing the rest. As we abide in him, we have to give up our life. And when we give up our life, we find it. It says in, in John 12, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. And so for for a seed entering the ground to produce fruit, it has to give over its life to the soil. And then the moisture in the soil breaks the, the outward uh, uh, seal of the of the seed and then life springs forth and so it so it is with us we have to be willing to give up our lives that we might find it be willing to die for me to come under the control of the potter i have to be willing to give up my control to to god the king of kings and then it goes on to say if anyone does not abide in me he's thrown away as a branch and dries up and they gather them and cast them into the fire and they're burned you know, there's many people that have been given a terminal, um, given a terminal diagnosis, and they want God to heal them. But, but the question is, if God, if if they're living a fruitless life, would they go back to that same fruitless life if they were healed? And God says, if you don't bear fruit, He's going to cut you off. And so that would be the first thing you'd need to examine if you've been given a death sentence by a doctor. Uh, to ask the Lord, have you lived a fruitless Christian life? And if he healed you, would you continue with the same uh, fruitlessness or would you go on and bear fruit for the Lord? I remember my mother in 1978 um, had ovarian cancer and I staying in the hospital room with her and she said, Jerry, uh, I just don't think if I died this minute that I would go to heaven. And I led her to the Lord and she went on to live a fruitless, fruitful life after that and and ended up, this is 78, she died in the year 2000. And so God wants us to produce fruit, and if we don't, we get cut off. And so um, what you plant down in your spiritual garden is going to produce fruit. The Bible says you can judge a tree by the kind of fruit it bears. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 19, it says, Every tree that bears good fruit is does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. So then you will be known. So then you will be known, know them by their fruits. And so whatever, whatever fruit is being produced in your spiritual garden is how you're going to, going to be known. And I want you to picture yourself as how the Bible describes you as a field, a vineyard, soil, dirt, I want you to picture your life as a spiritual garden. First Corinthians 3, 9 says you're a field, you're a building, you're a house, you're a field. Matthew 13 and Luke 8 and Matthew 4 says that you're soil. Genesis 1 says you're dust, dirt, earth. Isaiah 5 says you're the vineyard of the Lord of hosts. And so you are, your heart is a spiritual garden. And the Bible says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the issues of life. So everything we say, we think, we do comes out of the spiritual garden of our heart, whether it's good or evil, uh, negative or positive. Uh, James 1, uh, 14 says, but each one is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by his own lust. So then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. In Romans 7, Paul said, uh, I know that in me, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For when I want to do good, I don't do good. And he said, and, and when I do evil, he said, it's not me doing it, but it's the sin down in my members. And he goes on to say, for to do good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not do, that I do. And he goes on to say, I find a law then when I want to do good, evil is present in me. 
O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Thank God that through Jesus Christ our Lord, so with the mind I may serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. And so what we plant in our garden or what's been planted in our garden um, will be will be revealed by the fruit that's produced. Like if you, if perversion is is if seeds of perversion is planted in your heart, perversion is going to come up. If you've been into sexual sin, there'll be lust coming up. There'll be uh, perversion. There'll be um, uh, defilement. Um, so what? So just look at the fruit. And so, you know, we're born with a garden full of mess because of the generational iniquities of our forefathers. Each of us have a history of our own because of things that not only the generational things, but the things that we've done, the things that have been done to us that we've not forgiven, the things, the sins we've let the sun go down on. Um, and this history has been sown in our, uh, this history is, start. it starts being sown from the minute we become a living being. Um, not only sown through the generational iniquities of the of the forefathers, but little babies can even hear in the womb. You know, little children that are conceived in rape. I mean, they're they're opened up to fear even in the room. That that would be a part of their history if they're illegitimately conceived. From the minute a person becomes um, uh, a living being, we have a history. And so, uh, for us to get healed and delivered, sometimes we have to go all the way back to what happened to us in the womb. You know, a lot of people that are afraid to be ki- afraid they're going to be killed. Uh, sometimes that comes in through um, parents contemplating or, you know, mothers contemplating aborting or hearing uh, grandparents say, well, let's, you know, let's abort this child. And so if John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit when he heard Mary's voice, how much more, if it was a negative thing, could we be filled with the unholy spirit? So we're responsible for what's been planted there. It might not have been our fault, but the sanctification process is something that God requires of us when he tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, praise God, Jesus died so that we can uh, reclaim every uh, negative thing that's been sown in us. The land, our, our heart, is what the land that we have to possess. This is where we have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And 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 we do that by asking God, you know, Lord, what are you trying to show us? By listening to what we think or what comes out of our mouth or, or take uh, being um, conscious of what we think because what comes out the mouth is in the heart and what we think in our thought life is coming out of the heart. Um, God allows the problems in our life to show us what he wants to sanctify next. And you may not like this, but God allows the devil to attack you to get your attention. He he wants to realign you with the word of God. Because the scripture says, if a man's ways please the Lord, it makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Um, And the solution is found in James 4, 7. Give yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll flee. James says, James 3 says, the tongue is a fire the very world of iniquity, and it sets on fire the very course of our life. And the tongue speaks out of that which fills the heart. The scripture goes on to say that by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. And why is that? Because your words uh, reveal what's in your heart. And so if it's not good, then that's why it's condemned. And Matthew 18 says, out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, out of the heart proceeds evil out of the out of the mouth proceeds evil thoughts um in mark 4 jesus said take care how you listen he said for to him who has more will be given and to him who thinks he has even what he thinks he has will be taken away and so we have to take care how we listen you know what you listen to will either build your faith or it'll open you up to a spirit of fear, which is the opposite of faith. The scripture says in Matthew 15, out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts. 
Many people are distressed today and perplexed by the influx of trash and perversion that fills their minds, bringing defeat and failure to their lives. While some people relish the thoughts, other people are appalled by the evil thoughts and don't know why they keep having these evil thoughts. You know, if you have an evil thought, ask God how it got there because there was a seed planted down in your heart that is causing you to have that evil thought. You know, the scripture says the tongue is a fire of the very world of iniquity, and who can tame it? You can't tame the, the tongue because the tongue is going to say what's down in the heart. But you can get the heart pure by pulling down, uprooting, and plucking out uh, those negative seeds through repentance and confession of sin, and then the tongue will be pure. Then, the, then you can, uh, as you get the heart pure, the tongue will be pure. As you get the heart pure, the thought life will be pure. Um, even though, you know, the Bible tells us in Psalms 101 verse 3 set, to set no unclean thing before our eyes. And he goes on to say, I hate the work of those who fall away and it shall not fasten its grip on me. Uh, even though people know what God says, the believers continue to contaminate their lives by allowing uh, negative seeds to be sown in our lives through the things we see, the things we do, the things we listen to. Uh, Proverbs twelve fourteen says that a good, that a good man will be satisfied by the good fruit of his words. The deeds of a man's hands will return to him. And so uh, it's no wonder why there's so little holiness or so little victory in the lives of Christians. It's because we continue to violate our consciences by the, and defile our lives by the things we see, the things we do, the things we listen to. Uh, Leviticus 19:19 19, 19 says, You shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed or wear a garment with two kinds of uh, fabrics mixed, mixed together. Deuteronomy 22 verse 9 says you shall not sow your vineyard with two kinds of seeds um, because all the produce of your seeds which you've sown and the increase of the vineyard will become defiled. And so what that's saying is you shouldn't put in your spiritual garden, you shouldn't sow seeds of, of uh, evil and mix it with the seeds of the good seed of the God's word. Like if you're a person that's constantly sitting under the word of God, but then you're constantly sowing your vineyard with evil seeds through movies, TV, pornography, or whatever you're looking at or whatever you're doing, then that that bad seed will defile the good seed. And you can see this if you've ever had a garden and you planted you plant a garden, you don't have to take care of the weeds. But if you don't take care of the weeds, they'll kill the good plants. The good plants won't kill the weeds. The weeds will kill the good plants. And so that's just a picture of sowing two kinds of seeds the good seed of God's word and the corrupt seed in your heart, the corrupt will defile the good. Uh, Leviticus 26 says, do not sow your seed in useless, in vanity, which is in uselessness or worthlessness or emptiness for your enemies will eat it up. And so through movies and television and internet, through music, uh, pornography i'm talking about evil stuff uh we are planting seeds of fear and terror hysteria adultery torment bitterness lust greed sexual perversion depression despair hopelessness murder torment um, rebellion anger antichrist witchcraft sorcery um we're sowing the wrong kinds of seeds in our spiritual garden, and that's what's going to be produced in our life. You know, I've had many people uh, come to me for prayer and say, um, you know, I, I, I'm afraid to go to sleep at night, or every time I every time I try to go to sleep, I can't sleep. I have insomnia. I'm afraid to go to sleep. And I and I asked them, Have you ever watched Have you ever watched evil movies? Have you ever watched fearful things? Have you ever watched witchcraft movies or demonic movies or um, things that make you afraid? And so um, they'll say yes, and they get delivered just when they repent of the movies and things that they've watched. And so we have to watch over our heart. We have to be careful 
what we put in our spiritual gardens because it's going to produce either evil fruit or it's going to produce good fruit. And so um, God wants us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, align our life with the word of God. James 4, 7, give yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll flee. And so God doesn't, scripture tells us that Jesus Christ became a, a sacrifice at Calvary that, and his precious blood that was shed uh, cleanses us from all defilement. And, uh, and if you've ever been like me, back in earlier years when I used to watch, it was into a lot of movies in my years, even before I became a Christian and even after I became a Christian. If you've been like me, if you ever watched a movie where somebody was committing adultery and then you find yourself sympathizing with the adulterer or listening to people blaspheme and, and curse God by uh, um, taking God's name in vain, I tell you, God wants us to plant good things in our life. He wants us to sow with the view to righteousness. And so um, one thing that I do when I sleep since 1992, I play the word of God over me as I sleep. And I, I play it as loud as I'm talking so it's not muffled because you say, well, you know, if you sleep, do you benefit from that? Well, in the Song of Solomon, the 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 bride says to the groom i was asleep but my heart was awake so your spirit man never goes to sleep and so play the word of god and plant the word of god in your heart hosea 10 4 says they speak mere words with with worthless oaths they make covenants and judgment sprouts like poisonous weeds in the furrows of the field Uh, goes on in verse 11 Ephraim is a trained heifer who loves to thresh that means he likes to tramp down his spiritual garden he says but I'm going to come over his over his neck fair neck with a yoke and I will harness Ephraim it goes on to say Judah will plow and Jacob will harrow Judah means praise so praise plows it up and Jacob means to he he levels the clods and so God says, so with the, in other words, break up your fallow ground, ground that's laid up, it's hard ground, plow it up through praise and uh, level it through um, harrowing it. And then it says, so in this good soil, so with a view to righteousness, reap in accordance with kindness. Otherwise, you're going to reap the wrong thing. Break up your fallow ground. It's time to seek the Lord until he comes and rains righteousness on you. It says, you have plowed wickedness and you have reaped injustice. You've eaten the fruit of lies because you have turned your own way in your own, trusting in your own numerous warriors. And so the kind of seed planting planted is the kind of fruit that will be produced. There was a time in my life when I, in earlier years, when I liked to watch Clint Eastwood and Charles Bronson, so I've really dated myself. That was way back there. I mean, I could get into strife in just a split second. But I can tell you that God has so delivered me to where I'm not even tempted to get into strife anymore because I no longer subject my spiritual garden to such things. So the kind of seed planted is the kind of fruit produced. It says in Galatians 6, 7, and 8, uh, what a man sows he will also reap. First John three twenty one says, if your conscience is clear, you have confidence before God. Um, that means you have faith and trust in God. But when your conscience is defiled, it's, it's impossible to have a clear conscience and to have a strong faith when you have defilement in your conscience. James 3, verse 14 through 18 says, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but it is earthly, natural, and demonic. For, for where there's jealousy and selfish ambition, there is, where they, I'm sorry, where there's jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there's disorder in every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first peaceable, gentle, uh, um, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. And those whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace 
to those who've been made, who make peace. Now, in the verse where it says, um, watch over your heart in Proverbs 4.23, before that it says in Proverbs 4.20, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them uh, depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those who find them and health to the whole body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. One only need to look at the fruit being produced to discern uh, the type of seed that's been planted. And the scripture says, without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Hebrews 12, verse 10 says, see to it that no root of bitterness springing up and by it many be defiled. Defile means to corrupt chastity, to debauch. It means to violate, to tarnish the purity of character by lewdness, to taint, to contaminate, to sully, uh, to... um, It means to be polluted, to be profane, to be made common, to be made unclean or unhallowed. Hebrews 12 goes on to say, Strengthen hands that are weak and knees that are feeble. And make straight paths for your feet so that the limb which is lame, it's just lame now. But if you don't strengthen hands that are weak and knees that are feeble and make straight paths for your feet, the limb which is lame may be not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. In other words, just lame now, but it could be put out of joint. And so this is just a picture of repentance. And this can also be uh, the route to hand problems, weak knees, knee problems, because we're not walking a straight path. And all of our heart issues have to be dealt with one by one as God brings them up. And he uses the problems in our life to discipline us and to bring up what he wants to change next. Never think that you can live um, an overcoming life or uh, live to walk in divine health or live in victory if you keep corrupting your life with the seeds of perversion and, and you keep defiling your life by planting the wrong things down in your heart are planting the devil's seeds down in your heart. Hebrews 9, 13 says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of heifers sprinkling those who've been defied, defiled, sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, how much more the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit uh, offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the, the living God. So as you repent, ask God to cleanse your conscience by the blood of Jesus from all defilement. And without a careful guarding of our heart, uh, our life is opened up to doorways. We've opened the windows to our spiritual house for things to come in. Our doorways is another way of saying it. And the purer your heart, the purer your words, the purer your heart, the purer your thoughts, and the purer your actions. As I've said before, we are responsible for what we allow to be planted in our spiritual lives. And when you're, when you're seeking deliverance, always deal with the generational iniquities of the forefathers. The Bible says the sins of the fathers pass on to the children to the third and fourth generation. Second Corinthians 10, 4, 5, and 6 says the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but mighty to God for the smashing down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and taking captive every thought to the, uh, be, uh, to the obedience of Christ. And so, um, we, so we have to align our lives with the word of God. And so in getting in, in, to get delivered and healed of these things, first of all, we have to look at the fruit of your life and trace the fruit to the root. And, for example, if there's lust in your life, then you need to trace that to the seeds of lust that were planted. Uh, an example would be you maybe lust was planted in your heart for looking at pornography the first time, or maybe you were molested, or maybe you were maybe you looked at pornography, or maybe you got involved sexually with someone. You you get the demons of whoever you have sex with. So look at the fruit and trace the fruit to the root, and by asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, how did this get here? You know, the Bible says that if you abide in his word, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, I just want to say this. If you grew up without a parent that would, would teach you, train you, guide you, answer your questions, then you've got to forgive them if they, if they did not do that because the lie is God won't do it either. So that blocks you from even going to God. 
So deal with your mother-daddy issues and their failures as a parent because until we're delivered, we how we see how we saw our earthly parents is how we see God. If our parents lied to us, then the, the lie is God's going to lie to us too. But God is not a man that he can lie. So um, if you have a problem going to God, then that goes back to having a problem going to your mom and dad. So deal with mom and dad issues and then go to God. And um, forgive them for their poor stewardship. Listen to what comes out of your mouth and pay attention to what you're thinking because um, you've got to find out how that got there. Uh, ask the Holy Spirit to to um, reveal the doorways, the doorways of sin. Take accountability for what happened. Forgive anyone that's hurt you. Forgive your mothers, your fathers. Ask God to forgive you. Forgive yourself. Um, confess your sin to God. Ask him to forgive you. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Break soul ties with every person involved and uh, you can go into the archives I believe of this program or you can just go on YouTube and you can find a message that I taught on soul ties or go into my website jerrymcgee.com and you can listen to a message on soul ties because through soul ties you have the demons of whoever you sinned against whoever sinned against you whoever you sinned with Um, you have their demons their familiar spirits you can have their sicknesses their diseases and um, so soul ties have to be broken. Soul ties are like a connection in the spirit. They can be, you can be connected to someone like a thread, like a string, like a rope, like a cable, depending on the depth of sin that was committed. Break generational curses. Uh, take accountability for whatever is coming down generationally and put it under the blood of Jesus. Uh, the scripture says that Levi paid tithes when he was in the loins of his grandfather and uh, his father. And uh, Abraham was his great-grandfather or grandfather. So if we pay tithes, which is a good thing, in the loins of our forefathers, what's that to say about negative things? And ask the Lord Jesus to cleanse you and sanctify you and your conscience from all the defilement by the precious blood of Jesus and pull down, uproot, and pluck these things out through repentance. Ask God to create in you a clean heart and renew in you a right spirit. Submit yourself to God. Get on the potter's wheel and resist the devil, and he has to flee. The scripture says, give yourself to God in James 4, 7, and resist the devil, and he has to flee. And then praise the Lord for deliverance and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up with himself in Jesus' name. And I'm going to pray deliverance over those of you who are listening. I'm sure the Lord has shown you some things to repent of, of what you've listened to. Uh, I want you to right now just be thinking about the fruit that's being produced in your life and ask the Holy Spirit to uh, reveal to you how it got there. And uh, I'm going to lead you in repentance and do deliverance. And then we'll open up the lines if anyone wants prayer. And then if no one calls in, we'll just close the show. So. Um, when I get through, if you want to call in, it's six five. I'm sorry, six four six five nine five four seven eight four. And don't forget to press one. And so, Father, pray with me, uh, Lord, in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me for not watching over my heart. Thank you, Lord, to forgive me for planting uh, seeds of perversion and defiling my spiritual garden by the things I see, the things I've done, uh, the the things that I've heard. Uh, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for uh, uh, setting unclean things before my eyes. I ask you, Lord, for not forgive me for not taking my thoughts captive, uh, taking my thoughts captive. Forgive me for not sowing with a view to righteousness. Forgive me for being like Ephraim and treading down my spiritual garden and not being like Jacob to plow it up and like um, like Judah to plow it and Jacob to harrow it. God, forgive me for not sowing with a view to righteousness. Forgive me for speaking evil. Forgive me for contaminating my life by the things that I've done and said. And forgive me for sexual sin. Forgive me for looking at pornography. Forgive me for... Um, saturating my mind with television. Lord, forgive me for allowing my children to be demonized by 
by setting them in front of a TV set and and not watching, letting, not helping them watch over their heart. God, forgive me for fear and terror and torment and hysteria and forgive me for adultery and bitterness and lust and greed. Send me your name. Uh, forgive me for sexual perversion and depression and dis- despair and bitterness. Forgive me for hopelessness and God, forgive me for murder and torment and God, forgive me for rebellion and anti-Christ, uh, anti-Christ spirits and rage and, and anger. Forgive me for having a spirit of antichrist. Forgive me for witch, witchcraft and sorcery. Forgive me for being stubborn, stiff-necked. God, forgive me for violence. Forgive me for profanity. God, forgive me for blasphemy. For God, for uh, living in defeat and failure because of, of reaping the wrong um, things. Forgive me for judging my mother and father. Forgive me for planting two kinds of seed in my vineyard. Forgive me for being the kind of soil that just discards the word of God, the kind of soil that uh, the word persecutes and I'll fall away. Forgive me for for being a person who uh, has received the seed among thorns, uh, the worries and pleasures and the desire for other things. Lord, forgive me for... Uh, for the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. God, forgive me for uh, thinking that I'm going to get by with the things I've done. God, forgive me for um, um, negative thoughts, evil words. Forgive me for the sins you've shown me that I've committed. Forgive me for not being willing to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. Lord, I just want to get on your potter's wheel. Uh, I've been reaping things and wondering what in the world was going on. It's the very things that I've done myself. Forgive me for judging my parents, not honoring my mother and father, not forgiving them by sundown. Life hasn't gone well for me in these areas, Lord. Lord, I take accountability. Forgive me for being like the sluggard. who hasn't taken care of his spiritual garden. Uh, Forgive me, Lord, for being a vineyard that hasn't produced good fruit. Lord, would you put the hedge back around me and prune me and hedge me, prune me and and hoe me, Lord, and and let my spiritual garden experience the reign of your Holy Spirit. God, forgive me for um, not watching over my heart. The enemy has come like a robber and my want has come like an armed man. God, forgive me for being like that um, that fig tree that did not produce, that would cause you to cut me down. Lord, I ask you, I, forgive me for not abiding in you, not yielding my life to you, Lord. I, I give up control of my life. I, I put my life in your hands, Lord. I take my junky clay and I put it on your potter's wheel. Lord, I come under your control. Lord, uh, I ask you to forgive me for being fruitless, which would cause you to cut me off. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just repent. I turn to you. Thank you that you're the true vine. Lord, you said that if I abide in you, I'll produce much fruit. So, Lord, I yield to you. I give up my life that I might find it. Choose against my way to choose your way. God, I ask you to have mercy upon me. Forgive me for being a poor testimony. Forgive me for not watching over my heart. And Lord, from this day forward, I ask you to remind me to take care how I listen so that what I have will not be stolen. Forgive me for lust. Forgive me for unbelief and doubt. Forgive me for worry and fear and fretfulness in the name of Jesus. Lord, forgive me for not honoring you. Forgive me for not putting you first. Forgive me for idolatry. Lord, I forgive my forefathers for all the negative stuff of violating your word, the things you've shown me. I break generational curses, soul tie curses, cultural curses. Father, I forgive every person who's hurt me. Uh, I forgive myself. I ask you to forgive me. I break soul ties with every person that you've shown me that has planted the wrong thing in me through through sins committed against me or sins committed with me. Father, I sever every cord of control linking their souls to mine. I call back my soul and spirit from them, cleansed, sanctified, and made whole 
by the blood of Jesus, I send back their souls and spirits to them, exchange their image for the image of Christ. Now, in the name of Jesus, I pull down, uproot, and pluck out every negative seed that's been planted through the sins that they've repented of in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I come against anger, rage, bitterness, resentment. I come against, in the name of Jesus, sorcery, murder, witchcraft. I come against the spirit of fear, torment, unbelief, doubt, lies, lying. I come against despair, distress. I come against stress and de-stress in the name of Jesus. I come against murder and anger and bitterness and and, uh, unforgiveness. I come against torment, tormentors in the name of Jesus. I come against every uh, negative seed that's been sown in me in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I come against spirits of greed. I command you to go. I command terror and fear to go. Hysteria, you have to leave in Jesus' name. Torment, adultery, you have to go. I command all spirits of sexual perversion, depression, all spirits that came in through pornography, all spirits that's come in through the TV, through movies, all spirits of witchcraft, murder, torment. I come against anger, rage, rebellion, witchcraft, sorcery, antichrist. I come against profanity. I come against violence, strife, blasphemy, deceit, failure. I break your power over every life in Jesus' name. I break every yoke of bondage off of every person's neck in the name, power, blood, and by the authority of Jesus. Father, I ask you to open up our ears, dig out our ears, excavate, irrigate in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, from this day forward that every person will listen to what comes out their mouth and listen to what they think. Take take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Lord, I pray from this day forward that all of us will watch over our heart uh, so that Things will only be planted that that will be uh, producing uh, fruit of righteousness so that we can reap in accordance to kindness in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for each person that's listening in. I pray, God, in Jesus' name that you'll fill each person with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. And, Father, I break every yoke off of every neck and come under your yoke that's light and easy. And you said we'll find rest for our soul, for our burden is light and our load is easy. And, Lord, for every person that's listening in, I pray, Lord, they'll submit to you, the potter, and know that you, the potter, do all the work. All they have to do is rest on the potter's wheel by coming under your control and under your yoke. In Jesus' name, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. And uh, we'll just, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about the ministry if you want to call in. You can uh, you can go onto my website by jerrymcgee.com. That's G like George, E-R-I-M-C, capital G-H-E-E, dot com. And uh, there's there's lots of free articles you can read. There's lots of uh, there's lots of CDs that you can buy. There's books. I've written book a little booklet called Clearing the Land. You can actually go through that book, and you can actually get deliverance just going through the book. It lists curses and Bible curses and things to repent of. You can order those things online. Uh, There's quite a few CDs that you can listen to with deliverance prayers that are free to listen to. And then there's CDs that you can buy if you are interested. I wrote a little book called um, Resetting Life's Negatives Reaping Pattern. And basically it's just kind of... uh, Telling you how to change the negative reaping to positive reaping. A book on grief that tells you how to exchange sorrow for joy. Uh, a little book on rejection. One called He Sent His Word to Heal You. Um, but anyway, uh, sign up for our email and we'll send out flyers when we're going to be on again. We'll be on again this month, uh, the third um, Tuesday of this month. I don't know what date that is. But you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. And um, if there's nobody that calls in, we'll just go ahead and close the show. And may the Lord bless you. And I look forward to to speaking again to you the second uh, Tuesday of the month from 6 to 8, um, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central Time. And if you're in the Duncanville, uh, Fort Worth, Dallas, Fort Worth area, I have a a deliverance and healing meeting there once a month. It's free to attend. And um, it's just a small group that meets there. We've been meeting for probably about nine years. 
And there's people that have been healed of many, many things just because the Bible says he sent his word to heal you. Well, God bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening in. Hope to have you come back the second Tuesday of the month. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.